So I was asked to speak today, and uh, the other day, Rach sent me a text saying, are you still all right to do this? And I was in half a mind to say, no. But I felt that through the situation, through the emotions, that God had a message that he wanted me to bring. Um, so yeah, this may not be as traditional as it might be, and it may not be as well prepared as it might be. But I believe that God has a message and that there's somebody here that it's specifically for, if not several, including myself, because he's taken me on a real journey and he's lifted me up in the process. So praise the Lord for that. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? from the words of my groaning. Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In, our in you, our ancestors trust, they trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. For I am a worm and not human, scorned by others and despised by other people. All who see me mock at me, they make mouths at me, they shake their heads. Commit your cause to the Lord and let him deliver you. Let him rescue the one in whom he delights. Yet it was you who took me from the room, you kept me safe on my mother's breast. On you I was cast from my birth. And since my mother bore me, you have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. Many bulls encircle me. Strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open their wide mouths at me like a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water. All my bones are out of joints. My heart is like wax, it is melted within my breast. My, my mouth is dried up like a pot's herd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. For all dogs are around me, a company of evildoers encircles me, my hands and feet have shriveled. I can't count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among themselves, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O oh Lord, do not be far away. O oh, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. From the horns of the wild oxen you have rescued me. I will tell of your name to my brothers and sisters. In the midst of your congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him. Stand in awe of him, all of you offspring of Israel, for he did not despise nor abhor the affliction of the afflicted. He did not hide his face from me, but heard when I cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will pay before these who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. 
All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. To him indeed shall all who sleep in the earth bow down. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, and I shall live for him. Posterity will not serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord and proclaim his deliverance to a people yet unborn, saying that he has done it. The Psalms are beautiful things, and they take us through a full range of emotions. It's like being taken on a journey. They don't hide from the pain that life brings. They don't hide from the feelings of despair. They don't hide the pain in the heart from God. They don't pretend that they are good. They don't pretend that they are fixed. They don't pretend that they are coping. They don't put a mask on. And they say, this is how I feel. This is where I'm at. This is how rubbish life is. Have you actually left me, God? Where are you? I can't see you in this. In the midst of this pain and suffering, I cannot find your face. I cannot feel your touch. I do not hear your voice. But so often they move from that place to a place where they worship. They lift their eyes up from their own situation and they lift them to God and say, but despite all this, I'm still going to praise you. You are worthy, worthy to be praised. A bit like the song we just sang, Blessed Be Your Name. There was a line in it. Um, when the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be your name. But how often do we openly admit to God? that life isn't always happy, that it, living for Jesus isn't always about smiling because he loves us. Being a Christian doesn't mean, great, I'm a Christian now, everything's going to be amazing, life's fixed, I'll never have another worry, I'll never stumble, I'll never fall, I'll never lose somebody, I'll never be ill, I'll never suffer at the hands of somebody, nobody will say cruel words to, any me, to me. If anything, we're promised by the precedent Jesus set that there is a model for suffering because he says take up your cross and follow me sorry that's the truth but God is faithful through that and he shows us what it is to suffer you could say he gave us a model for suffering but without being too scientific I'm just going to look at Luke 22. Though my Bible's changed a few pages, so bear with me while I catch up. And you might have noticed the psalm I read to begin with, Psalm 22, is one which actually talks of Jesus' death, that prophesies about the lots being thrown, that prophesies about his hands and feet and the suffering he's going to face. So, when I can find it, because it's just disappeared, apologies, 
Matthew 26 in the meantime. Um, the account of Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane and he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took, two, uh, he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch for me. Going a little further, he fell and with his face to the ground, he prayed, my father, if it is possible, take this cup away from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and he found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour, asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. And when he came back, Jesus found them sleeping again. Because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. And he returned to the disciples and said, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour is near. The Son of Man is to be delivered into the hands of sinners. In the Luke account, the bit I wanted to pick out was the fact that while he was praying, Jesus actually sweated drops of blood. This wasn't a pleasant experience. His suffering had already started in that garden before he was arrested, before he was started to be mocked and punished by the Roman soldiers and by his own people. He repeated that plea to God to take away the cup of suffering, despite the fact he himself had only said moments and days previous that it had to happen, that it was the will of God, that it was his will, it was the only way. It keeps falling towards me, the stand. Um... And he begged God, but yet he knew it was going to happen. He is God. Jesus is the son of God. He is fully man and fully God. And yet he still begged that it wouldn't happen. The pain of all humanity, their sins and that death. For a man to sweat blood, he must come under a huge amount of stress and pressure. This in turn causes the blood vessels around the sweat glands to constrict, to get really tight and small. I don't know if you've ever held your breath and um, it's got to the point where the pressure's built up in your face a little bit and you can feel the tension. You can break out in little blood spots while holding your breath, like blood blisters. And the pressure is doing that in your blood vessels. Well, imagine that on a huger scale in the whole body. By the sweat glands, those blood vessels constrict. But then when the... Anxiety passes, the stress passes in this condition called hermatohydrosis. There you go, a bit of science for you. Hermatohydrosis. They then dilate, but they get big too fast, and that causes them to rupture. So the blood vessels then leak the blood into the glands around it, and then that's why it passes out the skin. So Jesus wasn't just saying, God, take this away from me. He was saying, by all means, God, 
with such pressure and build-up. But yet he acknowledged it and accepted it and chose the way of the cross through that. He gets suffering and he gets choosing God's way in the face of the pain. I've got a little video that Paul's kindly going to put up for us. Now it does contain, along with the words, some pictures from the passage of uh, the Passion of the Christ. So it is a little bit uh, on the graphic side, the, the, the depiction of what happens to Jesus. Jesus gets suffering. He gets pain, he gets humiliation. He understands the stress and the pressure it puts you under. Because he's been there, he doesn't expect us just to turn and follow him. He leads us by example. But he did the final step, the one step that allows us to even have a family in him, to follow him. He died that we might be forgiven he took the punishment that we should have for the things that we do wrong for the people that we've hurt for the nasty words we've said for the pain we have inflicted on others it wasn't his fault he didn't deserve it but he chose because he loved us so much and he wanted to see us saved he wanted to see us with him united he wanted to see us as a family in heaven the place we couldn't go without the sacrifice that he made god cares so deeply psalm 56 verse 8 that mark commented on when i started laughing when he was praying you number and record my wanderings Put my tears into a bottle. Are they not in your book? God knows every one of our sufferings. He knows every one of our heartaches. He knows those tears we've cried late at night when we don't think anybody else is listening. And he cares. In the face of pain and heartache, we now know that we can question, we can beg, we can repeat desperate prayers to him and he will listen. Because Jesus did it. Jesus repeated that prayer. Father, take this away from me. And then he said, but let your will be done. I feel so often we try and sanitize faith. We try and sanitize the Bible, we try to make it all neat. We try and stitch it up and make it positive. We gloss it over and we look to the good sides, the glory, the praise, the, the freedom that we'll find in God. But we forget sometimes there's that journey, that journey through the pain and through the tears. And that we need to be honest in that. that we need to acknowledge that there's that pain and lift it to God so that it can be healed, so that our perspective can be changed. 
Psalm 77, I cry aloud to God, aloud to God that he may hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out without wearing. My soul refuses to be comforted. I think of God and moan. I meditate and my spirit faints. You keep my eyelids from closing. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I consider the days of old and remember the years of long ago. I commune with my heart in the night and I meditate and search for my spirit. Will the Lord spurn me forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love ceased forever? Are the promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? You skip a few verses and you see... I will call to mind the deeds of the Lord and I will remember the wonders of old. I will muse on your mighty deeds. Your way, O Lord, is holy. What God is so great as our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have displayed your might among people. You are with your strong arm. You redeemed your people. Lifted from a place of pain to a place of glory, a place where you are glorifying God. You look here. You look at this small little bit of problem. It seems huge. It drags you down. You look up to God. The problem becomes insignificant. You put some, take a small object, maybe, I don't know, your Bible or a phone or something you've got, and stick it in front of your face. I mean it. This is an active bit. Take something small. Put it in front of your face and try and look through it. How big does it appear? Does it cover your whole entire view if you hold it close enough? But then, drop it slightly up, I don't know, the speaker to the screen, something, and look, glance between the two. How much smaller does that phone, that shoe, that Bible now appear in relation? Our problems pale into significance in the face of God, but if we just stare at them and nothing else, if they encompass everything we're thinking about, how big is it going to appear? Our whole life will feel meaningless and like it's collapsing. And that's why I love to read the Psalms when I'm struggling, because they take you from that place where the problem is everything to the place where God is everything. Walter Brugeman says when he talks about the Psalms that consistently in the Psalms we find a move from a place where we are disorientated to a place where we find a new orientation, a new perspective you might say. The only way we're going to find a new perspective to deal with the pain we're facing, if the pain's not going to change, is to find a new way of seeing it and that's to see God. Um, I have a bit of a song, um, one that lifted me up in a hard time, one that God really spoke to me through, and I would like to share that with you. It's a song by Cutlass, and it's called Perspectives. So we'll just take a moment to listen through the words. We all need to find ways in which we can turn to God in our pain and suffering and be honest. But sometimes it's not so easy to start and let the door to the heart and let the door to the tears open. 
but they are what bring healing as we open our very selves up to God to allow him to take us in his arms, to lift us up and to carry us. For me, I find music does that. For some people, it's poetry. For others, they have to go for a walk in the hills with creation. But each of you will have a way that will allow you to open your heart up to God. And I encourage you that when you don't have strength and you need God to lift you up, that you find that way and that you use it time and again and come back to it. I find songs allow the emotions to come out when I can't let them. That was one of the songs that helped me to do that. That line, a young boy looks through a stained glass windows watching the people go by. He sees them in white coats. His mother, however, she sees them in red coats. She's looking through a different part of the window. Sometimes it takes somebody coming alongside us to show us the problem from another angle, to bring a bit of scripture, to bring us a song, to bring us something that allows us to connect and take that step into God's arms. So many songs by some of the great worship artists, you think, ooh, they're so talented, thinking up all of these words, writing them down. Blessed be your name, came from a time of pain. Another song we sang before, I don't know the exact um, name of it, maybe Mark can help me, but the one that talks about, um, it was the, is it Matt Redman one, the one that talks about the light and through the storm. You never let go through the calm and through the storm. That one was written in response to the fact that they lost, they miscarried, they lost their daughter, I think it was. And they had a time where they were so lost and they didn't know how to deal with it. And they can testify and come through and say, God was in it and he never lets go. Through that pain, he was the one who held them and kept them safe. When life crashes down around your ankles, you could lose everything, but God is faithful, and he is still there. He says, I will never leave nor forsake you. And I want to share with you another song, just to finish, as a sort of response. Let the words to this as they appear on the screen be your response to God, that you'll praise him, whatever comes. This song is based on a number of passages, but the story behind it from uh, the Casting Crowns singer-songwriter Mark Hall basically links to a young girl who had cancer, whose mum was forever trying to find new treatments and ways of dealing with it and walking that journey, and she used to share it with Mark. And this young girl had such faith. She asked her mum to, to read the scriptures when she couldn't utter another word, when her body was so riddled with the disease that she couldn't really talk. She still asked her mum to read the scriptures to her that gave her the comfort. And that included Psalm 121. I'll lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So I'm going to leave you with this. Let the words be your response if you want. Pray through them. Sing it in your heart to God. But he is the one who will be with us through the storms 
And he's the only way that you're going to survive this life and come out in one piece. Because frankly, this life seems like it's here to rip us to shreds and break us down. Because when people get hurt, they start hurting others. Let's not be those people. Let's build each other up and let's help each other through our storms. Let's stand as a community that people will say, there's something different here and I want to be a part of it. I want to know how people can love like this when they hurt so bad.